On this episode of Another Day, Another Book, I talk to author Nina Moreno about her debut novel, Don't Date Rosa Santos. We discuss what she wants to see more of in the industry and what's next for her as well. I really enjoyed this episode and hope you do too. Hi Nina, how are you? Good, happy to be here. And how's 2020 been going for you? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been a trip and not in a necessarily fun one, but yeah, a lot of changes, a lot of weird, weird days, weird days. I definitely get that. I don't think going into 2020, any of us expected this at all. No, I went in, this is going to be my year. I've got all my ducks in a row. And then like February was a strange sort of time just for publishing for me. And then March happened and I, I still expect to go outside and it be spring break. So it's hard to imagine that it's like August. (laughs) I totally understand that. I, I mean, luckily you didn't have a book published during that time, but I still feel that any book that was published during the pandemic has done pretty well. Yeah, but oh my gosh, I can't imagine like the shift in change for not only the people who are releasing books this year and having to sort of negotiate their events and everybody sort of switching to virtual and sort of all of us having to sort of change to this dynamic way of talking about our books but also all these poor debut authors having to like do their debut year like this that's wild to me yeah I think I felt really bad for a lot of debuts who had got so excited about all these live events they were going to do and then just have to shift it and some of them got shifted to next year or they just had to do online and I don't know have you had any experience of online events so far or, or have you just kind of avoided it I, <laughs> I'm a bit of an old lady, I guess, when it comes with the virtual, but I haven't done a whole, t- like a ton of it yet. I do have a couple of events coming up to support friends, but um, yeah, this is, this is a whole new thing for me. I'm such an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> and can you tell us about um, your book? Cause you um, released your first book last year. Right. My first book uh, came out last year. It is out in paperback this year, but um, it's Don't Date Rosa Santos. It's a young adult novel uh, about a Cuban-American teenager who's been told her entire life that she's been cursed by the sea um, right after her, because her abuelo died escaping Cuba. And then her young father also died at sea before she was born. So it's three generations of Santos women who are all sort of dealing with this curse really differently. Um, and Rosa's this total type A Latina who's trying to sort of heal the divide between them. But, you know, of course, she falls in love with someone who's also pulled to the sea like she is, despite her curse. So it's a family intergener- intergenerational story, also a love story, hopefully, and something fun people will and have enjoyed. So, Yeah, I feel like when I was reading it, imagine being cursed by the sea. Like, imagine having that feeling. I can't. I'm an ocean baby, so having me that too. <laughs> would be so hard for me I mean why did you decide to kind of put the power of like the of the sea in the book I mean because that's a big thing right um for me it was because of Cuba because of this island that's you know 90 miles south of you know Florida and it's right there it's right across the sea and so much of our sort of our culture and our sort of connection feels like it's divided but it also feels like it's fueled by this idea of the sea and what we've lost to it and what it means to cross it and what it means 
to sort of look at it and wonder what's on the other side. So I'm a big ocean baby. Like I feel like if I don't check in with the sea <laughs> at least, you know, a couple of times a year that she misses me. I need to, I need to go, I need to go. But, um, so it, it was an interest. it was just this way of sort of exploring what it is to sort of long for Cuba and long for this place but be told that you can't go, that it's not yours. And so I just sort of wanted the embodiment of that to be the sea. And is that also why you set Rosa's story in Port Coral? Because of because you have the sea. And I guess for me, while I was reading the book, I got the vibe that Port Coral was based off of Florida. And mm-hmm. even though I haven't been to Florida, I kind of assume that at some point, people who live there will visit the beach in the summer. I mean, not every day, but at some point. So for Rosa to be so close to the ocean, yet to be told and feel like she was cursed by it, I just can't imagine being right. told to stay away. And I think that kind of emphasised a point of the book, that you have things so close, yet you're told to stay away from it. It feels so far. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's definitely the experience uh thinking about Cuba, especially when you leave Miami, because, you know, it's, it's, it's so a part, a huge part of the culture, Cuba, uh, Cuban culture is in Miami. But once you leave Miami, like I did, uh, it's sort of hard to find that. But here is Florida, you know, right there, right next to, you know, this idea not, and I really wanted to explore what it would be to have a harbor that she doesn't even go to, a beautiful boardwalk that she's almost afraid to, you know, walk along the other side near the ocean and and I really I really really wanted a cute small inclusive funny town because I did grow up you know you know enjoying Gilmore Girls enjoying all these sort of small town stories but I wanted it to feel like it could belong to us too and it wasn't just sort of one kind of person in this small town you know yeah, definitely. And you mentioned Cuba and how um, Rosa is kind of desperate to know about her history. How important do you think it is that people know about their history and not just from like, you know, I'm from Cuba or I'm from, you know, the Bahamas. It's like actually knowing their history. Right. It's incredibly important, I think, because it's important for us to have a, a dynamic way of exploring it, learning about it, continuing it, but also finding ways to apply it to our changing lives. Cause I think, especially when you're next generation and you're not, you know, in that country or if you've lost your Spanish or whatever it is, mm. it can feel really hard to find our way to that identity. And sort of you're stuck in the middle, you're stuck in this hyphen, but you know, for a lot of us, if our parents came over here and they were trying to find something better for us or trying to find peace, trying to find, you know, success and they did that for us but it shouldn't cost you know our culture shouldn't cost you know who we are and so sometimes that next generation kid is the one who's sort of floundering for well who am I I'm not this I'm not that so I want to always sort of explore that not only the diaspora experience but the experience of how does this thing continue to evolve just like I am because we're all evolving and we're all changing. We're all taking these identities and hopefully in progressive ways. And I just hope that, you know, someone who is sort of between cultures reading something like this, whether they're Latino or not, sees like, oh, okay, I can be all of these things and still count. Yeah. And I definitely got that while reading the book. I I think that's so important. 
um, as somebody who has Jamaican heritage and being born in the UK, it mm-hmm. is, I felt like really, really far away from it. But I also know it's always been integrated into my home life because my grandparents, my parents have always shown, you know, that is still a part of you, no matter how small you may feel that it is. Right, right, exactly. And another thing that I was going to mention is that your book, while it features a romance, I don't think that's a spoiler, it also <laughs> it, it, it incorporates a lot of deeper topics like the loss of parental figures, you know, identity, history, you know, the loss of history and culture. How did you manage to balance that, you know, the, between the light of like a romance and the dark of, you know, loss, essentially? Oh, and a lot of edits, a lot of rounds <laughs> of edits. Um, no, it was important to me to sort of try my best at holding all of those things up because they are such a, not only a significant part of growing up and being a young adult, but also, you know, when we are straddling these cultures and these identities and how do we encompass all of it? And sometimes your love story will happen right alongside something tragic. Like for me, uh, right right when this book was coming out, you know, I lost my father. So it was like, how do I manage to tell this Cuban story and still feel a part of this culture and talk about all of these things when I'm also experiencing the loss that I had written for Rosa, you know, a year mm-hmm. or two before. So, so it was, you know, a tricky uh, line to walk my debut year, but it, but I think it is also really indicative of life and the fact that, you know, a great thing can happen right before, right after, during terrible things. And how do we still move towards the light? How do we still move towards forward um, through those moments? So, you know, I hope that that's an experience that somebody could would relate to in this story that here's this love story and it's, you know, dynamic and sweet, but also here she is moving with that love through a really difficult time and forward, you know? Yeah, definitely. And um, Rosa is mostly raised by her grandmother. Um, as her mother is an artist, she like kind of just flits um, in and out of town due to her own struggles with the ocean. And I saw that as quite an important relationship in the book, not just in the book, but in terms of um, the um the fact that it's not always put that relationship isn't always portrayed in the mainstream media you don't often see you know um children getting raised by their grandmothers where in fact it is a a lot well a good percentage of children are raised by people other than their their parents um how important was it to you was it important to you to reflect a different relationship to ones that we just kind of see all the time or was it just something that you felt was just natural to Rosa's story um, a little of both. Like I, I definitely wanted to show different shades of strength in this story because I have had, you know, readers comment that, you know, Liliana, Rose's mom, you know, it's a bad mom and all these things. And I just didn't see that way. I didn't want her to be the villain of the story because she's not, it's, it's so complicated because she is doing her best. The version of her best is Rosa wants to be in this town that Liliana just cannot breathe in. So she's going to do her best despite how it makes her look, despite what she has to deal with hearing from her own mother, you know, that, in that complicated relationship. But it was also a way to explore 
three generations and how three generations would sort of deal with the idea of this curse and how three generations then are dealing with not only exile, but, you know, rumors and, you know, tragedy that because, you know, they've all experienced it. But it's also, I think, a story about Cuba in the sense that, you know, when you feel like your homeland is no longer yours, or, you know, you have a complicated relationship with the place that you've lived, uh, a hometown, you know, bigger than Cuba, you know, anywhere you're from, anywhere you, your family, these are really complicated relationships, and yet you still claim to be from that place. You still love that family, you still love that mm -hmm. person, but it's complicated. So I just wanted to show different shades of what family love can look like when everyone's trying their best but it's just they don't that best doesn't look the same yeah i didn't know that people were complaining about um liliana being a bad mother i didn't see her as that <laughs> at all i just saw i've gotten it, it a couple of times yeah but i just think sometimes you know parents are still human like i think sometimes you see parents as like some in some ways like a god image you know they're supposed to do all of these things right but it is her experience due to you know losing like the love of her life you know to the ocean and never getting over that you know she had to deal in different ways but we all deal in different ways and I think that's what she was doing unaware of the consequences of some of the things she was doing to other people but it was also what was best for her at the time the best thing that she knew she could right. do. Yeah I mean I that that means a lot to me that you got that from Liliana because I, I truly love her as a character and I think it's important to sometimes let ourselves show and talk about the different experiences of parenthood that it doesn't look the same for everyone even you know we're still people they're just complicated people doing their best by each other yeah definitely um and what do you hope readers would take away from um, Rosa's story or just your stories in general? Um, oh, that's hard. Mm -hmm. um, I hope that we can see that, you know, a really specific story can feel really universal in a lot of ways. You know, I've, I, I grew up reading a lot of uh, young adult contemporary, a lot of romantic contemporary and the families never look like mine the girls never look like me you know their issues that they were having at school and when their families were so different than mine but I've loved those books and I still cherish those books so I hope readers would come to this story that's specifically about you know Cuba and a Cuban-American girl and Florida and all of these things and feel as embraced by the story as I did even when you know it wasn't specifically mine but I also hope that it does give specifically you know Latinx readers for them to see oh wow our stories can also be funny and sweet and not always a hundred percent tragic or a hundred percent about a specific issue and we get to take up this kind of space too so yeah I know that's dual sort of too <laughs> big things but I don't know and for it to just be like oh I read this really funny romance you know so. yeah no but I think that that's important and is that definitely what you want to see more of in the book industry more representation of um latin the latinx community of um of a wide range of issues not just specific issues yes 
Absolutely. Every single time I see a publishing announcement about any sort of Latinx romantic comedy or anything, I'm like screaming out, please let me read this. I want to blurb it. I want, you know, I want, I want to push these stories because I want, you know, I saw a tweet pretty recently that said, you know, you can't call these stories cliche if the only thing you have it have to compare it to is a white story. Mm-hmm. I want there to be a shelf of stories that you could comp Don't Date Rosa Santos to, and they be about Latinx kids, black and brown kids, like not just that sort of white serodescent story that we're familiar with for so many years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that is so important. I think the range in a lot of things needs to be much um, bigger in a lot of areas of book publishing. I was talking about this right. today that um, we need, like, um, for me, more stories, more um, Black people's stories of, like, romance and stuff, and not just, I don't know, you know, police brutality. While those stories are important, we want more. Absolutely. And, like, on a specific note, I would love and want to see an, um, Cuban stories and Cuban-American stories that aren't just about white Cubans from Miami, because I think that is such a specific story we've seen a lot of and we're seeing more of, and that's great. But, you know, the Afro-Latino identity and Afro-Cubans in Cuba and coming out of Cuba, like that's a whole other story that we're not seeing on the page as much as, you know, the white Latino story out of Miami. So, Yeah, definitely. And I think, I can't remember her Instagram page, but I'm sure a lot of people know who I'm talking about, um, that there was a challenge you were reading around the Caribbean recently. Um, yes. And I, I think her, name, her Instagram name is like Book of Sins, and she's from, she lives in Trinidad, but I think she's from Jamaica, and she's encouraging people to read more stories by people who are in the Caribbean or about Caribbean people, because right. there's not enough. And even Absolutely. if there is a story um, about, um, people who live in the Caribbean often they don't get the chance to read it because it doesn't get shipped there or anything like that and I think that brings yes. up a lot of important and interesting topics that are not getting the time of day on social media or in general that we're not discussing that that is a big thing like we have um, stories located um, located in the UK and the US but what about the other places in the world because there are literally so many other countries no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it shouldn't be, okay, we used to say, well, we have our one, you know, Latino, Latinx story. Well, it can't just be, well, now we have our one Cuban story and all of our Cuban stories that we're publishing look the same. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's just not how it works. Um, <laughs> and my last question for you is what's next for you um, in regards to book? Well, I'm in the middle of editing um, book two, which isn't a direct sequel to Don't Take Rosa Santos. It's a companion novel that does take place in the same town um, mm-hmm. a couple months after uh, everything that happened in Rosa. And it's between two best friends uh, that you didn't see in Don't Take Rosa Santos, but you will see a lot of familiar people so, so you, you get to check in with them which is always one of my favorite things when I'm reading books that take place in the same town is sort of getting that that oh my god there's Rosa yeah you yeah. get that moment so that's been really fun to write but I'm really excited about this one just because it's my first time doing a dual narrative because it will be both points of view and it is much more of a romance but of course doing all the other stuff that I like to do the family stuff and the you know 
mom, daughter, sister stuff. And I'm really excited about it. And it's going to be out with uh, Little Brown uh, in fall. We think it's going to be fall of 2021 now. It also got pushed back because of everything happening with um, COVID and, you know, publishing. It's a lot. But, uh, and that one's called Our Way Back to Always. And I have a short story in uh, Zoraida Cordova's, uh, she has a Latinx, she's putting together a Latinx uh, YA science fiction fantasy anthology called Reclaim the Stars. And I have mm. a short story in that, that I'm really excited about because, you know, I'm a contemporary writer. So it was really a thrill for her to reach out to me and let me sort of get weird <laughs> on the page with something. Um, and a couple other things that I can't talk about yet, but I'm knee deep neck deep in edits and can't wait to share some of this stuff soon well that's all sounds incredible and I can't wait to read all of that so I'm excited um thank you so much for being on my podcast thank you this was so much fun